This podcast is brought to you by the San Francisco Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. Thank you. Um, as you can see, I'm new to this, and I'm very nervous about this, but I'll try and ignore it. Um, I know no one identified themselves as a newcomer, but those who are new to the program, I really want to send out a warm welcome to you. The reason why we have meetings is for you. You're the primary reason why we meet. I want to thank you acknowledge my name is George. I'm an obsessive-compulsive overreader, relieved of my obsession today by the help and grace of my higher power, and for that I am grateful. Before I go any further, I need to get in fit spiritual condition in order to share. Please join me in the we version of a serenity prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. I want to acknowledge those who came before us and showed us how to recover. I want to thank Roseanne and the early pioneers of OA who paved the way and gave us the tools that we can use in order to live abstinently, relieved of our compulsion around food. I particularly want to thank Bill W., Dr. Bob, and the early pioneers of AA who shared with us that there was a way out of our dilemma. It is called the 12 Steps and they are a design for living. I am forever grateful to them for providing the spiritual solution to our common problem. I want to thank you for asking me to share this evening, and I apologize in advance for sharing from prepared notes. The fact is, I was asked to share my experience, strength, and hope, not the mess of my life. If I didn't prepare this way, I'd be taking you all on a journey into the dark recesses of my sick mind, And trust me, none of you want to go there. Frankly, I always need to know what I'm going to say before sharing. You see, sharing is not something that comes naturally to me. I'm an addict, a compulsive overreader, and I have never shared a thing in my life. So this is all new to me. It takes practice, so thanks for asking me to share. I have both good news and bad news that I want to share with you tonight. The good news is we all have a disease, whatever you call it, alcoholism, drug addiction, sex addiction, being a compulsive overeater, whatever you call it, we have a disease. The good news is we suffer from a disease. We didn't cause it, so we can stop beating ourselves up for having it. The bad news is we can't cure it. God knows I've been trying to cure my disease my entire life, and I've failed. Yes, I call myself a compulsive overeater, and that is true, but that doesn't go far enough to describe the true depths of my illness. I am a sick person. I suffer from what Bill W. calls a soul sickness. The symptoms of my particular disease all begin with S. I'm selfish, self-absorbed, self-satisfied, self-righteous, and oh yes, stubborn. In a word, self-will run riot. I used to think that I was a spiritual person, but it is only since I come into these rooms that I've begun to see how truly unspiritual I really am. This is my story. For most of my life, I've been considered, I considered myself a moral person, following a very disciplined spiritual path. I was brought up a Catholic in a very religious household. I even spent eight years studying for the priesthood, So if you ask me, I would say that most of my life has been spent in service, giving back to my community and society. 
I spent a good portion of my youth involved in radical politics, dedicating my life to equality and social justice for all. At least, that's the way it looked on the outside. But those who really knew me saw another George, someone who was filled with anger and rage, a workaholic, a man who was not in control of his emotions. I abused all of the basic human appetites, whether they revolved around sex, drugs, alcohol, but especially food. In a word, I was a walking disaster, which those close to me could really testify to. So what brought me into this program? Let me set the scene by sharing with you something I wrote in my journal in July 2005 before shortly began my journey in recovery. On one level, everything seems to be going well for me, particularly in terms of the values that I have tried to live by. I live very simply in an intentional community. I've dedicated my life to service. So why does my life feel so hollow, as if I was leading nothing but a big lie? Deep down, I felt as if I was nothing but a huge fraud. I didn't understand myself at all. Despite my best intentions, I continued to struggle with and against such strong, powerful desires, which seemed to undermine even my best intentions. I had to admit that I could no longer help myself. I had to seek help because I was no longer felt in control of my own life. I read something that really captured my dilemma at that moment. It is the power of my addictions within me that keeps sabotaging my best intentions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every single time. It happens so regularly as predictable. The moment I decide to do good, my addictions are there to trip me up. I've tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, exercise. Nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the question? I felt emotionally depressed, withdrawn, and had some difficulty sleeping. I thought I was suffering from some sort of spiritual malaise, and so I sought a spiritual director or guide, someone I could discuss these matters with and get some clarity back into my life. Well, within the first ten minutes of our initial meeting, I told him how out of control I felt. When I finished speaking, he very gently looked at me and said, You know what you have to do. So believe me, I didn't come willingly, but I was afraid that he would stop seeing me if I didn't begin to attend meetings. That is how I came into these rooms. Honestly, if knowledge and awareness were enough to cure cure us, none of us would be sitting here tonight. Slowly I've come to understand that wanting to do something and being willing to do it are not the same thing. If I had waited until I wanted to abstain from these destructive behaviors, I would probably be dead or on my way to an early grave. No. Knowledge plus awareness does not guarantee recovery. That is when I learned what I call the four A's. Admit, accept, ask, and act. First, I had to admit that I was an addict and that my life was out of control. Then I had to accept that I was powerless to do anything about this, that my life had become totally unmanageable. Then I had to ask for help and particularly become willing to turn my will and my life over to the care of my higher power. 
Finally, I had to take action. And the first action I had to take was doing nothing. Simply seeking God's will for me and then being willing to do what my higher power asked. One of the myths that we addicts suffer from is the fact that we don't really have any willpower. I don't know about you, but I have a surplus of willpower. That was never my problem. When it came to my disease, I had to see that I was willpowerless to do anything about it. It defeated me every time until I finally became willing to bring in a power that was greater than me and my disease. I call that power my higher power. It is only when, work, when I began working with steps that my stubborn willfulness was transformed into a mysterious willingness. I was able to let go of a need to be first, to be right, to be superior, to be terminally unique. When I gave up my will and turned over the outcome to my higher power, miraculously I was given the gift of abstinence and my compulsion to overeat was arrested. What you see tonight is a walking miracle. With the help of my higher power and by working this program, I released 100 pounds and been able to keep most of it off. I know this has nothing to do with me. What did I do? I gave up all my schemes and plans and asked God to help me. And I trust that each and every one of my remaining character defects is slowly being removed by my higher power to the degree that I give up any right to control my life. One of the watchwords of our program is progress, not perfection. Yes, with the help of my higher power, my compulsive overreading has been arrested. But I still have to work this program because I'm still consumed with self. I'm self-sufficient, self-reliant, self-motivated, and definitely self-righteous. I still can need to continue to grow along spiritual lines. Sorry. Abstinence seems to be a key question in our rooms. There is a lot of discussion about defining your abstinence. What keeps you abstinent? This is my experience. I wasted a whole lot of time in these rooms trying to live up to someone else's definition of abstinence. I failed a lot. At my first meeting, they told me that I could define my own abstinence. Slowly, I discovered that I have to have a definition of abstinence that I can live with one day at a time for the rest of my life. Don't get me wrong, I deeply respect those fellows who have long-term abstinence, 10, 15, 23 years. That's not me. I can't take the long-term view because I have a killing disease. I have to narrow my focus. Can I be abstinent today and keep it, can keep it simple? Am I absent today? Yes, with the help of my higher power. And by working this program, I am. And that is all that matters to me. It helps me to remember that abstinence is one of the tools of my program. I use it to help me work the steps. You see, while abstinence is very important to me, that is not why I am still in these rooms. A long time ago, someone said, I came for the vanity, 
but on steam for the sanity. That's me to a T. I came because I was desperate. I knew that if I didn't do something, I was going to die real soon. I'm sure that there was an element of vanity, but why I keep coming back is for the sanity. Yes, being abstinent is very important to me, but I stay in these rooms because I want to learn how to stay sober, how to be happy, joyous, and free. For me, sobriety means absolute freedom from the shackles of my addictive behavior, and that has to do with being in fit spiritual condition. The solution to all my problems, as my sponsor continues to pound away at me, is always more spiritual development. No matter what your problem is, the solution is found in the steps. I'm so grateful that today the spiritual life is no longer a theory, but something I can practice every single day of my life. To paraphrase the big book, each and every day I practice the steps and work my program, my disease will be in remission. When I'm in fit spiritual condition, God grants me the serenity to accept who I am today, the courage to face who I was yesterday, and the wisdom and confidence to trust my higher power in all my affairs. That is a miracle, and for that I am truly grateful. Thank you.